in terms of building relationships, which, you know, I think in terms of like sales today, it's all about like genuine relationships with people and building that trust. And I think when you're face to face, you can do that uh, a lot more effectively. You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, the show that helps you communicate with confidence so you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by all the right people. If you want to be a person of influence and achieve success in business and in life, this podcast is for you. To subscribe to the show, go to thecmethod.com. Hi there, Rockstar. Welcome to episode 48 of the Standout Get Noticed podcast. My name is Christina Cantors and I am your host today. Now, I'm very excited to be podcasting to you all the way from Manila in the Philippines. Yes, I'm here in Manila for a month. I got here on Friday. If you listened to last week's episode, you would have heard me talk about this just briefly. I did say that I was planning on pre-recording four episodes during the time that I was here, but as you may have experienced before, life gets in the way and I wasn't able to get all of those episodes done. So I thought I'm just going to have to try really, really hard and get these episodes done while I am here on the road. So I'm not in my normal recording studio, which is why it may sound a bit echoey here. And also you may hear some motorbikes or roosters or dogs barking outside. So don't be alarmed if you hear some strange noises. You may be wondering why I'm in the Philippines and what I'm doing here. That is a whole other story and I'm going to be sharing that in another episode, uh, more of a bonus episode really, hopefully at the end of this week. So I'll see how I go with that. But in the meantime, I want to get in straight into this interview that I did with the wonderful George C.O.C. Samuels of the It Will Come show. I had this chat with George last week before I got to the Philippines If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you may know that this is George's second time on the Stand Out Get Noticed show. He was actually my guest in episode six, and we talked about storytelling, creativity, and flow. And I really wanted to get him back on the show because he's doing something right now that really, really interests me, and I knew that it would be really valuable to you as well. So George has recently launched the It Will Come show. And he, George is a, he's an offline community specialist. And the first time I met him, he was the community manager at Hub Melbourne, my co-work space. And that's his specialty, building communities offline. So it's not just about, you might think that you might have an, you know, a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group that you're all active in, but really the magic really happens when you get offline and you start building those relationships. So George's show, The It Will Come Show, is a video show and a podcast, and it's all about helping you to find your way in business in life by tapping into communities and entrepreneurship. So have a listen to this conversation and you'll discover, firstly, why having an accountability group is so important. We talk a lot about that. We also talk about communicating in today's modern world and the 10-second Snapchat pitch and why that's and why that's becoming more relevant than the the 90-second elevator pitch. You'll also learn why building relationships offline is critical to achieving success in your business or career. We had some really interesting things come up in this conversation, so I hope that you enjoy it and that you get something out of it. Show notes will be at thecmethod.com slash it will come. 
Okay, so let's jump into the conversation with George Siosi Samuels. So tell me how you're going with your show. I know you're producing a lot of video content. Oh yeah. How how are you going with that? Oh man, it's um it's pretty crazy. I've got so today we release episode 38. I'll be hitting episode 40. Um, I've been doing four videos a week, one article on Fridays, um, Saturday break, and then Sundays I've got the podcast interviews. So the reason why I went down this route was because of what I was hearing from Gary Vaynerchuk about, um, you know, wherever your audience is, you need to be as well. And also for these early days, I was looking at just magnifying myself. Um, and I, I found that like, if I was just able to put myself in all these channels that I know my audience lives, then it doesn't matter so much for me in the early days about like how many likes or comments or shares I get. So long as that, um, they're somehow making their way back to, to the website, um, or they just get used to my personality or, or, or my face and my voice, et cetera. So which, which channel has been the most successful for you? Yeah. Uh, Facebook. Um, has been the most successful. Um, last time we chatted, you were asking me about like if I'm uploading separately to Facebook and YouTube. Mm. Um, I'm still doing to YouTube because, well, like even yesterday, I got a comment from some random guy, and um, uh, you know, I'm wanting this sort of cross pollination of channels. So, Facebook in terms of traffic, based on what I'm seeing from my website in the back end, Google Analytics. It's showing that the that Facebook is has is the highest source of um, traffic. Uh, YouTube, I think that's more there just for exposure and for people just just to find stuff, you know. And um, that's okay because I have this sort of like eighteen month plan of just consistent effort um, and and just build it up that way. Uh, it's also more easily embeddable into the the um, WordPress posts. Um, that's also why, yeah, putting it to YouTube. What I really found impressive about you, because I remember talking to you about when you had the idea for the It Will Come show and you're like, yeah, I'm thinking of doing this and doing this and producing all this content. And then you went and you executed like seemingly straight away. And I've, I've been, I've seen a couple of people, you know, on social media who've been posting or, or they've told me that they've wanting, they're wanting to start a podcast, but they're being held back and it's just taking them ages and they're procrastinating. What's different about you that to make you just execute and just start this thing? Because starting a show isn't easy and people, you know, it's often fear that holds people back. What made you just go for it? Yeah, good question. Um, What made me go for it? I think uh, a whole bunch of things. Uh, One, I'd, I'd been observing for about five years. So where the other folks who, you know, may talk about it, um, but have that fear of executing, you know, I was in that place over the last five years while I was watching all my favorites online. And then you had timing. So the time when I had, when I started the It Will Come show, obviously that was in between gigs, right? So, you know, I had finished up with um, the, the, the tech startup that I was with for a while. And then... I was, I was actually wanting to solve my own problem, but I wanted to do it in a creative way. So the problem at the time was, how do I keep myself motivated while I'm on the hunt for my next gig? And how can I leverage this in a way that would allow me to, one, uh, use it in my job interviews, um, two, get my thought leadership out, and three, um, have something to look forward to when I wake up every day. 
And those, those are the three main things. So I'd probably say it was really, as opposed to, you know, looking at the fear of starting, um, it was cementing my why. Um, and I know, you know, it's kind of overused these days, but really that was, that was the main thing. So the why was, um, you know, how do I solve my own problem right now? Um, you know, it's something immediate. So obviously it's relevant. It's timely. And how can I do it in a way that is connected to my, 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 my bigger picture? And, you know, I've always talked about it will come and it's always been like my catchphrase. And I was like, how can I turn that into something that can be part of my brand? And I was like, well, you know what? I've seen what all these guys have been doing. Why don't I do something for myself? Luckily as well, I've got the skills, so I didn't have to learn anything new um, necessarily. Um, it was more about just I knew that uh, small habits every day breed success. And I was like, well, why don't I just apply the same principle to, to this type of content? Mm. And one thing I really like about your show is that you didn't let – perfectionism hold you back and you know I've been talking about doing videos for a while now and I actually I really want to have a really nice setup and I wanted to (laughs) because I was watching these Wistia tutorials and they're like it's really easy just get these nice lights and get these (laughs) get this nice backdrop and then get this light and I was like yeah I'm gonna do that I'm gonna do that and I haven't got I haven't bought any of that stuff yet and I still Mm. haven't produced any videos Mm. And what I like about what you've done is you haven't bothered with having a, a professional setup and you sit there in front of your camera and you just do the damn videos. And yep. that's totally cool, right? The content is still there. And um, so I really admire you for that. And I think I need to just pull my finger out and just make the bloody video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's 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 relative, right? Like um, you should definitely be proud of yourself, right, for what you've done um, with your podcast. You know, I know that you have a lot of people who, who look up to you as well with what you've done, you know, when they say, oh, you know, how would, how could you go out and busk, you know, in public, you know, <laughs> like that's stuff that I don't know if I would do. Right. <laughs> so, so it's relative. <laughs> so I should probably mention to everyone listening that we're part of an accountability group. And this is something that you initiated, George. Can you share why you started this accountability group and why you feel it's so important for people like us who are looking to make a difference in the world to to be part of it? Yep. I think the best way to describe it is, uh, well, lone wolf syndrome. All right. So one thing I noticed when I was working back at Hub as well and interacting with all these freelancers and startups, I think a lot of the times when entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs get started with anything, they, they look to their heroes and, you know, a lot of time we only see them as a single figure, but we forget, or most people maybe don't realize that those people got there with the help and support of like so many other people. Right. And I think when, when you're starting out, you think you need to do everything on your own. And very quickly, for those of you who have already initiated that um, phase, um, you realize that it's really shitty being on your own and trying to work everything out on your own. There are some people who probably have a better resilience um, when it comes to, you know, working on their own. Maybe they like it. But for a large majority of us, I found that, you know, we're far more productive when we're in a group. And um, this is kind of the it's you can call it pack mentality as opposed to like a herd mentality. Pack is more just like highly focused, smaller, close knit groups. Um, you know, where herd is just like, 
you know, lots and lots of people. Like a flock the, of sheep. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so, um, you know, for those of, for those who have been um, following my work, I have have a thing for wolves, so I like using those analogies. And so, um, the accountability group um, uh, is called the pack, and um, I've used the same principles that you'd find with wolves out in the wild with with the group. So, in the wild, you never see a pack that's um, greater than twelve and maybe less than um, say say four. So, I actually wanted to have a group that was in between that range, so maybe about six to twelve. And I wanted that group to be highly um, focused on on an outcome, and this this sort of accountability is also what the wolf teaches in terms of they're not cheetahs, right? They're not sprinters, wolves. Um, when they work together, it's like daily, and they trot. Um, apparently, like wolves can tread miles for like for long, like they they're all about stamina, right? And that's where the whole patience, persistence. Um, and momentum comes for it. The will come show and hashtag PPM. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's exactly uh, the same principle that I wanted to apply um, for this particular group, because the other thing too, is that the daily accountability is also what I saw lacking in other accountability groups. So when you have a mastermind group that meets every month or even weekly or even biweekly, it's great, but there are, Times where the daily efforts, you need that more so than the other things. Um, I know we're all busy, but there's a discipline that comes with the, the daily accountability that just helps in the long run. And also it cements the bonds with the pack itself 10 times. And you see this in sports teams as well, right? The, the teams that kind of spend more time with each other, not just playing on the field, but also out on the field is what makes them like a family and, and a team unit. And these same principles, I believe, can be applied to, to business, corporate world, etc. Um, you know, it, it's not always just about the individual talent. It's about how those people work together, whether they're all going towards the same goal or not. And um, that that's kind of what I, I wanted there. And you mentioned about the offline, the offline aspect as well. Yes. Well, I know that that's something your because your specialty is growing communities in an offline sense, because I mean, People are a part of communities online, but sometimes we forget to actually grow these relationships and nurture them offline as well. Mm. Yeah, and that's exactly, you know, I guess obviously from my experiences dealing with co-working communities, I realized that, you know, at the end of the day, we're all still human. The online aspect is just a way for us to accelerate our our connections, but it's still a tool for doing that. It, I you know, it's it's a hard thing to say because there are some people who say like you can emulate, you know, you got virtual reality coming in, you know, maybe in the future you might be able to emulate that um, face-to-face experience um, through virtual reality. But there's still a barrier like, in terms of the, um, the tool that you're using. Um, whereas with face-to-face, like you've got energy there, you know, um, that you, you feed off of one another. And in terms of building relationships, which, you know, I think in terms of like sales today – it's all about like genuine relationships with people and building building that trust. And I think when you're face to face, you can do that uh, a lot more effectively. But you know, but that's my opinion of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offline aspect as well, in terms of communication, it allows you to not hide behind a computer screen all the time. You know, and this is the thing about like online community versus uh, offline. An online community, it's very easy for you to troll if you want. You know, uh, to 
to do things that you might not do otherwise in person, that can be good or bad. But whereas with offline, you're exposed to the diversity of like real human beings. You have to learn how to actually communicate, read body language, not just what you see here. All those sort of things are just like core human people skills that I think will become even more important um, in the future. So I think that's why now we can talk about offline as, as something special because, you know, everything's gone online. Whereas once upon a time, if I said offline, people would be like, yeah, okay, that's normal life, you know? Yeah, that's how we're designed to be. That's how we've always been. <laughs> exactly. So it's only now, it's funny that like I can actually call it an offline community specialist, but that's only because of the times that we're in, you know? Um, handwritten letters, right? I saw um, a new tech startup called Bond or something where they've got this machine that emulates. So you put in your style of handwriting and then it'll emulate your style of writing through a machine onto like thousands or millions of letters to have people feel like it's a actually, it's actually handwritten. And, um, Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. But also at the same time, you know, you always look at, uh, the basic consumer knowledge. If everybody knows that like it's just machines producing these handwritten letters, then it'll lose its. Oh yeah, use. definitely. And it's almost, right. it could almost be worse because it's like, you're trying to trick me into thinking that this is handwritten when really it's not. Oh. Mm. Yep. Just another so, yeah. bloody computer. <laughs> exactly. But that's, I think in terms of communication, like what you're talking about, communication, one thing I like about what you do, Christina, is that you're talking about communication, like the, the core principles of communication. Um, you know, you got a podcast, I got to like... Uh, video YouTube show, but all those things are just tools and extensions of basic communication. And that will always change. But once again, what Wolf teaches is like body language, you know, general basic principles of human to human communication, how to work with other people, and also how to be strong on your own and also be able to make sure that you're communicating the right things verbally, gestures, etc. So at the moment you're doing some work with co-working spaces and helping them to foster their own offline communities. What are the main things that they actually need help with when you when it comes to actually growing and nurturing an offline community? Yeah, so my I guess my specialty is being able to first give them a great foundation for starting because I've already been through the crazy stages of um a growing co-working space. But granted, like what I'm doing, I'm not just engaged with co-working spaces. It's really any business that is community driven and wants to do something to engage with people. Cause that's, that's, that's all I do, right? It's like I, I, I motivate people uh, towards something or communities towards something. Um, and, and I help with the engagement. But what I'm doing right now with uh, current clients is getting them first uh, those foundations, helping them to realize that one, if they've already started with the space, Tell them you're already behind because I always say community first, space second. Um, <laughs> okay. Right. And but if they haven't started with the space, then to actually be part of the process for the community building efforts before the space is found and to um, just help shape and strengthen the, the bonds between the people. Um, and that happens online, you know, if it's a kind of dispersed uh, community and then be present in the offline communications or meetups. Uh, and, and, and get them ready for uh, the starting phases as well. Uh, and of course, as they're growing, um, the other thing is um, helping out with the, hire, uh, the hiring and the training of their community managers. And that's something I really enjoy because obviously having been through it myself, I believe that this is a unique 
profession and role that will be on the rise here in Australia. In the US and UK, it's kind of been there, they're more mature markets, but in Australia, there's a lot of new spaces coming up and I see a lot of misinformation about what a community manager should and shouldn't do. And the offline community manager has their own specific skill sets that are unique to it compared to online community managers. And you're talking about co-work spaces specifically or any organization? Any organization. To be honest, what I, what I predict happening is that the community manager, the skill sets developed by offline community managers, that's what I'm going to call them, offline community managers will be relevant for other bigger businesses and corporations because what community managers are doing offline is essentially what um, HR managers need in order to increase employee, employee engagement, to increase retention of their staff, etc. right? It's all about vibe. You could call us like hype men or hype women, right? It's like, <laughs> you know, we get the energy up, we get the hype, we connect people, and we're not just making work about work, but more than that. Um, Salesforce, I saw that they have now a, a dream manager, right? This guy is dedicated to helping staff uh, create their own dreams or achieve their own dreams using the company's resources, which is brilliant wow. because they realized from the data that in order to keep your employees, you need to actually help them with their life outside of, um, you know, the work. And it makes sense. Dream manager. Yeah. Dream manager. Now that's cool. Now I normally tell people to not use their job title when they tell people what they do. But if I was a dream manager, I would say, yeah, I'm a dream did. manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a conversation starter at Icebreaker. Now you are a big fan of Snapchat and you were going on and on at me about getting on Snapchat until yes, I finally, <laughs> I finally got on it. And I've yes. used it a little bit now. I'm still not. I don't know. I feel like I have to be on it all the time. Is that true? It's kind of like any, it's kind of like anything, right? Um, with any tool, when it's hot, when it's fresh, you got to roll with it. And yes, it takes commitment and hustle like anything else, you know, with your own business, you got to apply the same things, but you know, obviously big up thanks to Gary Vaynerchuk for getting me onto it. I mean, I was on it already, but I wasn't, I wasn't seeing its value from the way I saw Gary using it. How's he using it? He's using it as a way to actually show people like his actual hustle, right? If you look at like, he's so clear in what he's about and what he wants to do that any new tool that comes in is just an extension for that for marketing in the year that uh, we are in. And that's all he ever talks about. You know, the reason why a lot of big businesses uh, fail with their marketing is because they come too late to the party and they forget to market in the year that they are. Snapchat, we, I may look at Gary and be like, yeah, you know, I'm listening to Gary about Snapchat, but you know, he was listening in on everybody else and, and, and seeing what was happening there uh, before he really went all in. And so 2016, Snapchat, the reason why it's so hot right now is because the engagement level is a lot higher than Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn even. And it's a timing thing. And this is what I'm also noticing with a lot of social media tools. It's all about these waves. When they're new, um, everybody's going on. So obviously it's the hottest thing. People are engaging a lot more. And for if you got your core message on point, then it's far easier to get across to you know your, your fans um, with it. So yeah, Snapchat has been, I think, a great way to show more, more personal things. You know, it's kind of like a behind the scenes. If you look at like the DVD feature sets, you know, behind the scenes stuff, that's kind of what I use Snapchat for as well. I don't want it just to be about 
oh, you know, here I'm in, the, I'm in the city today. This is what I did there. You know, this is the cake that I had. I don't want it to become an Instagram. Mm. Um, you know, that's or like feeling a, bored, waiting for the elevator. He's a exactly. funny face. And you'll notice that those same behaviors were on um, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, actually. You know, the same behaviors have been carried across each channel. But, um, you know, it's all about how you how you use it. And I guess for me, my message is all about like, you know, it will come. So I'm going to talk about the same type of things I talk about on the show, but in a much more intimate manner on Snapchat. And what I really like about Snapchat is that like the ability to tell stories, it's so much quicker, you know, like I don't have to worry about like doing my video, importing into Camtasia, editing it, and then publishing to like separate things. It's just like, I, I can do all the cutting straight away, um, get it out one, but one after another. And um, it just feels a lot more intuitive. And the video only gives you 15 seconds, right? <laughs> and see, that was my mistake. It was actually 10 seconds. Oh. You know, when we, so yeah, when you did your pitch, it was 10 seconds as opposed to 15 seconds, which is insane. Just, just to let people know. So yeah. <laughs> when we, when we had our in-person meetup, George said, okay, great. Uh, guys, I'm going to Snapchat you doing your elevator pitch and you've got 15 seconds. Go. So we all tried to do our, a 15 second pitch for our, ourselves and our businesses. But you're saying now that was only 10 seconds because it felt like it felt like it was really, really quick. And we had to practice a few times, um, but finally got it. That was a really interesting exercise, actually. And then George did an episode of of the It Will Come show about how the days of the 90 second elevator pitch are are gone and it's now the, you know, the 10 second Snapchat Snapchat. pitch. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I heard just uh, the other day from DJ Main Event, who's now in Miami. Uh, he, he was telling me that now I think for actors, they're accepting Snapchat pitches. So what's that? 10 seconds. Yep. Oh my God. But I guess it forces you to be creative, doesn't it? But then, but with the videos with Snapchat, and this is something that I didn't know, and I think it's a fairly new, um, feature that they've added is where you can do stories, right? So what you do is you take a 10 second video and then you can take another 10 second video and then another one, another one, and then add them to your story which then people can play at the end of the day and see all these videos in one line. So I'll see people who I'm following on Snapchat, they'll be telling a whole story but in 10-second blocks. Yep. So if you're clever like that, then you can figure out a way to stitch it all together and actually tell a longer story. Yep, exactly. I've I've experimented with some of that uh, previously. So I used to, I remember when I used to pitch animation stories or ideas, I'd use PowerPoint and, uh, you know, slides in about maybe three to five second intervals as well. And I forgot what it's called, but there's actually a name for this style of presenting where it's like three seconds per slide. Pecha Kutcher? Possibly. But I I love it, you know? And I feel like the my story thing is essentially that. And it's effective, you know? Like I enjoy, um, there's some really creative um, folks on Snapchat who are using it in that fashion. Uh, there's a guy, I think his account is like mind loom or something. And he actually does like these book reviews all the time. And I'm still trying to figure out how he does some of these things, but like he has a setup and he's not near the camera at all. So I don't know who's holding the, the damn Snapchat, like record, button. <laughs> you know, I was maybe like, he has a really long selfie stick. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Or there's somebody else, you know, obviously, um, holding it for him, but yeah, you know, he's using it very creatively. So it's like, uh, every, each of his mind looms every day is about yeah a new book a review how it's connected to all these other books and i learn something new every time 
And like those, that type of content, I look forward to, um, to watching because it's like storytelling. Um, the, like, you know, DJ Khaled, right? He, for him, it's more about, I'm just fascinated by what a celebrity's life is like behind the scenes. And, you know, seeing DJ Khaled because he's always on, um, it's crazy. You know, I, sometimes I feel like I'm there with him. And I think that's the point of stuff like Snapchat or Periscope or Meerkat. Um, it's about like getting inside the worlds of everyone now. Before, you know, you had reality TV shows, huge productions, but now it can all be done Snapchat, you know? And if anything, it's a bit more authentic depending on what the style is of the person presenting. Um, you know, I like to think that DJ Khaled, like the way he's presenting himself is, is, is him. And I'm assuming so. Cause sometimes, you know, the shots of him aren't that glamorous, you know, he's, um, yeah. Anyways. Uh, but it's, it's really interesting to see because it's like reality TV show, but like voluntary reality TV shows for everyone. Mm. Yeah. I can imagine it's much more authentic than the, the filtered glam shots you get on Instagram of people, right? Yeah. Who have yep. posed a hundred times to get the perfect picture. Exactly. So where, yeah. where can people see your Snapchat stories? Um, at Seosism, and now this is a mouthful, but it's at um, S-I-O-S-I-S-M. I'll tell you the story so you can remember why it's called Seosism. Um, Seosi is my Tuvaluan name. It actually means George. So when I say George Seosi Samuels, it's really translated to George George Samuels. <laughs> um, so yeah, Seosi is my Tuvaluan name, and um, the ism at the end of it comes from a time when uh, I was helping somebody out and they really appreciated the advice during that time. Uh, and they said, you know what? You should have your own philosophy. Why don't you call it Seosism? And I was like, you know what? That's great. I'm, I'm going to do that. And that's how that came to be. That's beautiful. Yeah. I don't think Cantorism has quite the same ring to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, uh, I guess, how, how often you repeat it, right? You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I remember when he first went into Hollywood, he said, you know, um, everyone told him that he should lose his last name, but he said, you know what? I'll say it enough times until people remember and learn how to say it. Love that. Yeah. Great way to great way to finish up. <laughs> well, it's great to talk to you, George. Likewise. Thanks, Christina. And um I'm, I'll put links to your to the It Will Come show in the show notes and uh but I won't be sending people to join your email list because I want to have more subscribers than you. Fair this enough. Is a, <laughs> this is an ongoing competition that we're having. <laughs> So everyone listening, do not go to George's website and do not sign up for his email list to receive his amazing weekly tips. Do not go sign up. Don't do that. (laughs) I get onto my show and then talk about her. Don't go to her site. (laughs) Big thanks to George C.O.C. Samuels for being an amazing guest on my show this week. I'll put links to his website and and all the other things that we talked about in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash it will come. Now, because we are having a little sign-up competition, do oh, even though I'm putting a link to his website, do not sign up for his email list and receive all his wonderful tips and updates, okay? Don't. <laughs> Don't do it. Sign up for mine instead. <laughs> oh, speaking of sign-ups, I'm, I'm actually going to be sending out updates on my Philippines trip to my to my subscribers and if you are already a subscriber and you've gone through the 21 day confidence course you would have already received some of those updates if you're not yet subscribed to my email list just head on over to thecmethod.com/newsletter that's thecmethod.com/newsletter 
sign up there for updates as well as exclusive tips, things that I don't share on the blog or the podcast. All right, and that's all from me for episode 48. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on being awesome, and I'll see you real soon for another episode. My name's Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. That was The Lazy Song by half-Filipino Bruno Mars. Today I don't feel like doing anything. Do 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 do.